Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 125. On today's episode, I'm exploring the stress that comes with the holiday season and how we can reduce it. If you're like the majority of Americans who feel the holiday season is the most stressful time of the year, well, stay tuned because help is on the way. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. It is the day after Halloween, and we had quite a night last night. I'm not going to lie. Halloween on a Monday is rough. It felt like it should have been a three-day weekend, but I think that would have, wouldn't have really helped because, you know, the big celebration would have still been on a school night, right? Like, even if we would have had Monday off, we still would have been trick-or-treating and out late last night. And it's really weird because we actually kept it pretty low-key in our house. We had a party at school on Friday night that wrapped up by 7 p.m. We decorated another pumpkin this weekend because the one we had decorated the weekend before already molded and was gross. We prepped treats for our daughter's class party and one, you know, another set of treats to give to the teachers and the school staff. But it wasn't that much. I literally just printed some stuff out and tied it on with raffia. We had a school costume parade. I read a book to the class, uh, which was really fun on Monday. And then, of course, we went trick-or-treating last night. Uh, when we were home by 7.30. So I appreciate that the trick-or-treating actually in our neighborhood, it starts early and it ends early. It was fantastic. So we started about 5.30. My husband thought we were a little crazy and thought we were going to be way too early. But that was the time everybody at the new school kept saying like, oh no, 5.30, it's pretty much when everyone leaves. And there were a lot of people out already. And yeah, we, we got to be done by 7.30 then, which was fantastic. Now, I think the reason... I was so tired today is because we had a lot of walking and a lot of activity. And I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but last month we finally jumped on the bandwagon. We got a Peloton bike and I absolutely love it. And that's a whole nother thing. I know um, typical minimalist fashion, right? I was super late to the game. So it meant that I wanted to make sure it wasn't a fad, right? Like I, I didn't want to be the first person to buy the bike. And then of course, I also purchased it used off of Craigslist. So side note, that's actually one of my favorite things about waiting to jump on a trend is that there's generally a healthy aftermarket, as is the case with Peloton bikes right now. So if you are looking for a new workout thing, I highly recommend it. I'm sure everybody in the world has recommended it to you before if they have one. Um, I'm really getting off topic. Sorry. The point is, I love it, obviously. And I wasn't really thinking about the fact that I would be walking a ton. Like we, I walked to and from school three times. Plus, we strolled around the neighborhood for at least two hours. Um, and then I actually had done a ride early in the morning before it all started because I thought, well, I'm going to be, you know, I'm eating candy and I wanted to be, you know, and I wanted to get my workout in first, but it made me a lot more tired today. So all of my fault, I know, of course, but it's making me more sluggish than I'd like. And I am recording this a little bit later than I'd like in the day, but I am going to get it out to you. 
And so, you know, with all of that said, we did actually have a wonderful, fun and festive Halloween. But if you are feeling a little sluggish this week, please know that you are not alone and I am there with you. So it takes me back, though, to today's topic and why it's all the more relevant for me. Because if we have a choice, and we all do, I would rather be tired for a day because I did something that I loved and I had a blast rather than doing something out of obligation. Now, that's the energy that I take with me as I go into the holiday season. And if that's of interest to you, then I want you to keep listening because that's what I plan on talking about today, how to be intentional, how to simplify the holidays and really just enjoy the time we have as the year kind of winds down. But before we dive in, I want to say thank you for joining me. If you are returning, I am so happy you are back. And if you are new, well, welcome to the show. I am absolutely thrilled to have you here. This is the part of the show where I like to highlight a review that I have received. And if you would like your own shout out, well, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so that I can read it out too. Now, this one is from a little bit ago, but I wanted to cheer on CBJ 2022. And they said, thank you. And I'm quoting here. Thank you. I love the very practical ideas, tips, and suggestions. They are easy to incorporate into life and add up to make a really positive difference. Thank you for helping me along my journey to declutter end quote. Well, CBJ 2022, you are very welcome. I do my best to bring you interesting information that I hope will help you in your home and your life, whether that's decluttering, organizing and creating systems or just keeping things simple and fun. And as you alluded to, those small changes really can make a big impact on your life. And I don't think we need to change everything overnight. I want to help you be more intentional about your life and That really starts with, number one, knowing what it is that you want, and then two, working to make that vision of your life into reality. It really is possible, and that's what I hope this show inspires you to do. And that's what this episode is all about. I want us to be able to envision the holiday season that we want to have at the end of this year, and then go live it. Which leads me to a myth that I have heard about minimalism, and I want to make sure that I dispel it today before we even get started. I've heard minimalism referred to as being bah humbug about the holidays, and while that might be true for some minimalists, it's definitely not a bah humbug affair in my house. I think the only thing we might be bah humbug about is giving or receiving gifts that are not wanted or that will never get used, because that's wasteful. And that is definitely something that I want to avoid, um, just because that to me feels like a waste. It's a waste of resources, it's a waste of materials, it's a waste of the time and energy I put into working for the money to get the gift, for shopping for the gift, for wrapping the gift, for giving the gift, all the things, right? The whole thing is wasteful. And now the only other thing I am probably bah humbug about um, is doing things like decorating, hosting, gifting, going into debt, or spending more money than you can afford in order to belong or to impress someone else. Now, that is a recipe for disaster, right? So instead of doing these things because we want to impress someone else or we want to try to belong to a certain group, I want us to look at how we can decorate, how we can host, how we can gift, how we can spend our money in a way that feels intentional and uh, centered to us and that it really makes, um, you know, 
works to benefit our life and our family's life, right? This is for us. And and once you are doing that for yourself, it will emanate and it will, you know, help fill the light and, you know, kind of just help other people. It will shine from within you. Because when we're doing things to try to belong to other people, like with other groups and with other people, we feel like we are shrinking ourselves down, right? We then come off as kind of needy and and I don't want that for our lives. I want us to shine fully and brightly in the full, wonderful beings that we are because you are amazing and and I just want you to feel comfortable and know that you are amazing and know that you can do wonderful things and that's what we're going to get into today. So let's talk about that. When we're trying to impress someone else, it is a recipe for disaster. And that is not what this time of the year should be about. So let's look at what I mean when I talk about a no stress holiday season and how you can cut back on the stress this year too. The tips I'm highlighting come from my simple holiday planner. Don't worry, I'm not pushing something on you. It is free. So if you want to follow along, you can get your free copy by going to the show notes for today's episode or visiting my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 125. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 125. Okay, and these are things that we have done in our own home, and I have seen that they make a really big difference, and so that's why I'm bringing them to you today. The first thing I like to do is to create holiday goals. So as I said a minute ago, I don't want us to create a holiday season that only looks great on social media or with the intention of impressing other people. Instead, Let's start by figuring out our own goals for the final weeks of the year so that we can know what we want to achieve, so that we can know how we want to feel at the end of it. And my favorite way to do this is to pretend that it's New Year's Eve. The clock is counting down to midnight. You think back to the past six weeks, and as you're standing there just thinking about all the things you've done or maybe didn't even do, and you know, the space you gave yourself you start to feel this warm, cozy tingle, and it spreads from your heart and it travels throughout your body. You're content knowing that the holidays were filled with those things that made you and your family grateful and happy. And once you can envision yourself in that space, it's time to work backwards to see how you got there, okay? So you can see it like a movie, right? Like you've seen those movies that start with the ending and then like the reel kind of rewinds backwards to show like how where you started and how you got there, like how you worked through the steps to get from where we are right now to the end of that movie. And that's kind of a way I want you to think about it. It's just a very easy visual for you to be able to see it that way. So what were the things that you wanted to do this holiday season? If you went through this exercise, please pause this, go through that exercise, close your eyes for five minutes and just think, think back to what is it? What do I want these next six weeks to look like? If I'm picturing myself on New Year's Eve, what is it? How do I want to feel? What were the things I really wanted to do? What were the things I really felt my family wanted to do? So do this exercise, right? Try to spend at least five minutes with your eyes closed, picturing these next two months as vividly as you can. So what were those things you wanted to do this holiday season? What are the things that you think your family will enjoy the most? When you feel like you have an idea for the kind of holiday that you want to create, it's now time to create your plan. So there is space in the Simple Holiday Planner to write down your top three goals for the holiday season. And I want to encourage you to think deeply about these and align them to your vision. 
So some ideas for holiday goals that I have come across either um, in my own life or in my listeners' lives, um, come across online, things like that. They are celebrating with family and friends, enjoying time in a cozy home curled up on the couch, reaching out to a loved one to repair a strained relationship, researching other cultures to see how they celebrate this time of the year, and maybe incorporating one of those traditions this year just to try it out and see what it's like. Starting a gratitude practice, giving to others in need, encouraging family members to buy less, volunteering for a cause that we care about when school is on break, hosting a party in a newly decluttered space, exploring part of our city that we're unfamiliar with, making crafts with our kids, connecting with our kids through traditions, and making new memories. So as you can see, the possibilities are endless. And that's because this is all about what goals you want to set for this holiday season. Now, usually those goals are never about, you know, getting the most stuff or spending the most money we can, right? They're usually more centered on connection, um, building memories with loved ones, taking time for ourselves, building space into our lives and things like that. So if you're having trouble coming up with your top three goals, another way to look at it is to think about what is important to your family and incorporate that. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Remember, you and your family are on the same team. So ask them for help with the things that are important to you and then ask them what they think is the most important thing about the holidays and then help them achieve their goals. 
So as the parent, you do get to steer the ship, though. So when your child says presents are the most important thing, you can help them think of other things that are important while still still understanding that gifts and stuff is really exciting for kids. It's one of the ways that they get to express their individuality and their likes and their dreams. And it's through stuff and creative play and imagination and toys can help them do that. I'm not saying go out and get them all the toys. Trust me, I've talked a lot about clutter-free gifts. But I don't want us to get down on our kids if that's the one thing that they come to or the thing that they think is the most important about Christmas. Because even as adults, we struggle with this, right? And we've had lots of years of experience, decades of experience more than our children. So we can't get mad at them for that. All right. Little little soapbox rant right there. I'll hop right off. And then my final tip when it comes to creating your holiday goals is to envision yourself in 10 years and then look back. What do you hope your family remembers the most about the holidays? That's a good one. I want to repeat that. What do you hope in 10 years time when you are sitting around the dining table with potentially teenage or, uh, you know, adult children, what do you hope they remember from the holidays of growing up? What do you hope they remember from their childhood holidays? So that can help you shape what you prioritize over these busy months because it gives you an idea. It's that long game. It gives you something to plan for and to really think about and to really cultivate. So that is step number one, and it is to create your holiday goals. The second thing I like to do is to brainstorm possible holiday activities. Now, this one is going to feel overwhelming at first, and I just want to put that out there because hopefully by setting that expectation and knowing that it might feel a little overwhelming at first, you will continue through the exercise and get through that hard part so that it's easier when you're done. So what I like to do is I like to take out a piece of paper or you can use the worksheet that's in the Simple Holiday Planner and you can write down all of the events and happenings that are important to you or that you're most interested in. Of course, ask your family, find out if there's anything that you've done in the past that they really want to do again, anything they want to avoid, um, anything that they've heard about through classmates or through school or, you know, maybe your spouse has heard about something, um, you know, and just find out what what seems the most fun. Now, some ideas, again, things I've heard about or done myself, um, these could be things like a turkey trot, hosting a friend's giving potluck, a, going to a tree lighting ceremony, looking at Christmas lights, having a company party or going to a company party, a school party, the school play, travel plans, uh, guest holiday plans, special holiday activities, things like ice skating or going to holiday markets, sending holiday cards, decorating the tree, watching a parade. There's all sorts of things. Um, but the idea here is to brainstorm. So actually write down anything and everything that you can think of that you might want to do. Just have an inkling of something you might want to do this holiday season. And you can even go as far as to Google events in your area or ask your friends um, you know, what they plan on doing over the holidays or if they have any plans. Now, I know this part sounds crazy, right? This is the hard part because I'm asking you to think of anything and everything that you could, would, or want, you know, want to go to, right? Now, it sounds like I'm trying to add more onto your plate, but I'm not. Please stick with me for just a moment longer. You want this list to be as robust as possible. And that is great. Because what happens is you're not planning to do all of the things on the list. You are giving yourself a moment to think about all of those things on the list. I want you to know the possibilities ahead of time because 
when you get to the middle of the like just and you're in the middle of the holiday season, you've got all this holiday cheer and things are going great and you're feeling great and you're having a wonderful day and you've had a good week so far. It's really hard for you to say no to something that you are invited to. Or it's really hard for you to turn down, you know, an event or an invitation or something comes up and you think, oh, that sounds lovely. Let's go ahead and do that. By creating this plan ahead of time with as much preparation as possible, you make it easier on yourself later when that happens to say no, because you have already ruled it out. Maybe, maybe it's something that you already decided, like we did that last year. Nobody really liked it. We had an okay time, but it wasn't a great time. We're not going to go this year. So then when your friend asks you to go to that thing, you can say, nope, you know what? We're uh, unfortunately, we're already busy or we, you know, decided we're not going to go to that this year. You've already made the decision. So it's easier to say no, because trust me, I know saying no is one of the hardest things out there. So the idea is to feel less guilty later because you've made your plan right now with a clear mind and a clear heart. You know all the possibilities. Now, you probably will want to bake in a little bit of wiggle room, a little bit of finesse, because you might want to change your mind in the middle of the things. Maybe you, you know, didn't know about an event, something you didn't know about, you got invited to. Those things are going to happen. But by having this plan ahead of time, you definitely can make it easier on yourself. So of course, the plan can be changed. It's not a written contract or anything. I don't want you to feel like it's rigid and set in stone because that's another reason why people wouldn't want to go ahead and do this ahead of time because they think, but I don't know what's going to happen. So just know that you can change it, but this plan gives you permission to pause and reflect and see if the new activity fits with your goals and your ideas for a less stressful holiday season. So the worksheet in the Simple Holiday Planner also gives you a place to list when the activity is, the cost associated with it, and then to mark whether you loved the activity or if you were just meh about it, right? So even after the after the holiday season is over, I want you to go back through and if it was a new event for you, I want you to mark if you loved it or if your family was just so-so about it, okay? And that will help you next year when you're making your plans. And the other part I love about this step before we move on um, is that you can look at the list and then decide, like I said, if it's something you love doing. It could be something that you've done for ages. And by discussing it with your family, you might find out that everyone else is just kind of meh about it. So not only can you go back through later and check those boxes, you can then write out the list. And then as you're sitting down to dinner one night, you can say to your family like, hey, I'm going through all the things we've done for the holidays past. And I want to know what things you loved. And, you know, we're kind of creating our plan this year. So let me know. And you might be shocked to find out that you're doing this thing because you thought your kids loved it. And they're like, "Nah, I'm over it now. And then you can just check it off your list and you don't have to do it. How great would that be? So that is step two, brainstorm possible holiday activities and prioritize your favorites. The third thing that we do is to plan ahead. And it sounds a little bit like that last step, but this kind of takes it the next, just takes it a little bit further, right? So using those goals and the list of our favorite activities, we can then create a rough schedule. Now, I know this is not an earth shattering step, but it really is important. One year, I discovered that we had too many things booked into one weekend. We just did. There were too many things going on. And, you know, a couple things were at a very set time. And so, you know, old me would have tried to plow through and just rush and do all the things. We would have cut one short or gone a little bit late. 
Now, new me understands that that was a recipe for disaster. So we swapped out the Santa picture thing that we wanted to go to um, at a certain park, and we decided we'll just go to a different one. It wasn't a huge change. In the end, it didn't really make or break our holiday season. The new Santa experience was just fine, um, but it really did make for a much more enjoyable weekend and a better Santa picture because we weren't as stressed out. So the Santa picture that we are going to look back through over the different years, now we're getting the better picture. So it's just one of those reminders that Sometimes we can't do it all and we have to pick and choose and decide the things that matter the most. So I encourage you to pencil things in on a calendar and that way you can see them all together because then you can decide if it feels right to you or, you know, if it feels too crowded. If you kind of look at the plans and all of a sudden go, okay, this is going to be too much. Well, then you have time to switch it before it gets to be the last minute and you're trying to squeeze it all in. So you can also then see if you have time to host a get-together if you really want to, or you can invite a neighbor over for tea. You can have some different activities that you can add in if you find that you have a little extra space that you didn't realize you would have. So feel free to leave your schedule open too, right? If that feels better, if you find you have a little bit of extra time, well, you do not have to fill it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with slowing down and doing less, A calendar lets you see where you have this free time so that you can lean into it or fill it or do whatever you want, but it just gives you that visual. And so I think it's really important that you take this step. Another way that I like to plan ahead is to create checklists for the different holidays, right? So for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, and yes, I do have sample checklists in the Simple Holiday Planner, but these things include, um, you know, things like in early November, where you're going to start prepping for Thanksgiving ahead of time, you might be figuring out the details for if you're going to host, if someone else is going to host, you probably already have that, you know, uh, solidified, but who's coming, right? Make sure you know who's actually able to attend. And so that way you can start working on the menu. You can start figuring out who can bring what extra side dishes and things like that. And it gives you details about things like that. And also about the most common steps that you'll encounter, like planning your menu and making the grocery list a few weeks before. It also has kind of an hour by hour list on the day of to keep you more organized. Now, the Christmas checklist includes things like setting your budget, creating a gift list, decorating, decluttering. Yes, there is decluttering in there for Christmas for the um, for the December uh, month, for the month of December. Um, shipping gifts, you know, what days you need to ship gifts, things like that. Finalizing travel plans and more. So if you are looking for a more um, kind of step-by-step checklist, you can check that out as well. So speaking of the budget, because we were talking about uh, setting your budget for your gifts and for, you know, just your Christmas spending in general, that is the fourth thing that I like to do to keep our holidays simplified. So I know that budget, the word budget, right, it gets a bad rap because I don't know that anybody really enjoys setting a budget. But the reality is that we all have a budget, right? Uh, money for me is not an unlimited resource and I doubt it is for you. So there is absolutely no shame in wanting to live within your means. And a budget just means that you get to, to decide how you spend the money that you work so hard to earn, right? So never let anyone make you feel bad about that, right? I think sometimes we feel bad that we have to have a budget or we feel bad that we're trying to live within our means. Like, please don't do that. Like, 
that is, it's acceptable and it is responsible. And if someone is not doing that, then it's a red flag. So let's just, you know, make sure that we are um, cognizant of that and not feeling bad that that is our reality. That is perfectly fine. Because it's also no secret that overspending and going into debt is one of the most stressful parts of the holidays for a lot of families. And in fact, if you're wondering what people tend to fight about at the holidays, well, there was a poll done by Joy Organics in 2019 that listed the top five reasons for arguments. And the respondents said, the first one was 20% said how much money they spend on other people. Another 20% said how much money they spend on parents. 16, oh no, I'm sorry, 18% said what presents to buy. 16% said which family members to visit. And 16% said where to go on Christmas Day. So these were the top five things that families argued about at Christmas time. And money really takes up about 48% of that. So 48% had to do with buying presents and spending money. Now, that's a lot of people stressed out about money, and that is why I like to try to set a budget and stick with it. Now, I cannot say that I am perfect. Have I gone over? Yes, but at least it gives me a ballpark for where to start. So I've, pl- I've also found that when I have the budget, it helps me get creative with gifts. Now, I tend to lean toward consumable gifts, and I don't think that will surprise anybody listening to this, as no one really likes clutter, right? Nobody wants stuff that they're not going to use. Even people that do not consider themselves minimalists or have no inclination toward minimalism, nobody wants to get a gift that they just are never going to use. So putting a boundary on what I want to spend helps me look for different options if my first choice seems to be out of my spending range. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not 
my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. And when all is said and done, it's great to start the new year. I mean, the feeling that you have when you start the new year without debt looming over your head, it feels amazing. So this is why we look at a budget. Now, if money is tight, there are lots of options that I've heard and that I've even used myself. Um, And so some of my favorites, let's talk about them. Number one is to make food. Now, things like family recipes are a huge hit. And growing up, again, we talk about the memories, right, that we're going to have with us as we grow up and our kids are going to have. Like one of the memories I have is from our neighbor across the street when we were growing up. Their family used to always make a very specific cookie every year, and it became their signature dish. And my family always looked forward to getting those peanut butter and chocolate chocolate. They were peanut butter and chocolate cookies. And we used to love getting them. We used to look forward to them and we'd get so excited when it was the day like for them to bring the cookies over. And so those are the kinds of things that I know sometimes it feels small, but those are the really special things. And I don't want us to ever think of those things as small. Those are the things that really matter. And so other food ideas that you know, you could use besides cookies or baked goods like that might be a signature spice or a rub that maybe you put together that people can put on their different food products. And that can be really nice. A jar filled with dry ingredients for making up a batch of cookies. So that's where like the recipient just needs to add eggs and butter and they can make up a chocolate chip cookie or a monster cookie or oatmeal, whatever um, the different things are. You can do a jar filled with dry ingredients for making soup. You can do a hot chocolate mix. You can make up your own homemade hot chocolate mix and put that in a jar. Or you can pair different stir-ins with gourmet hot chocolate packets. You can do a loaf of bread like pumpkin or banana bread. Again, there's so many different food options that you can give to people. Now, I know that uh, you can't really do this at schools, right? Because again, with with COVID and different health things, um, at least at my daughter's school, we can't bring in homemade um homemade food. So this isn't like something you would do at your school, but it's great for your neighbors and your friends and family. Another thing you can do is to switch to Secret Santa. So if you've if you've never done Secret Santa, if you've been buying gifts for everybody in your family, this might be a good one for you. Now this is when you choose or are assigned one member of your family or your friend group, however you're doing this, just to buy one gift for a gift for one person in the group instead of buying a gift for each person. Now, one exception for this might be that you only do the secret Santa gifts for the adults in the family while the children in the family still get a gift purchased for them. Maybe it's one gift from each of the family members instead of lots of gifts, so we can still cut back, but we're probably not going to include the kids in the secret Santa model. Does that make sense? Okay, so you can set a budget limit on the gift, and so that helps keep the budget low. And then again, you're only buying one gift, so that just really cuts down, especially if you have like seven members in your family. Um, You know, now you're buying one gift instead of seven, for example. 
Now, the third way I'm going to tell you is to try a white elephant exchange. Now, a white elephant exchange is when you buy a budget item and generally the gifts are meant to be funny. So often they're very gag gift like oriented. Again, I'm against waste. I don't like to promote waste. So I would recommend having everybody go to a thrift shop and see if they can find the or a garage sale or, you know, something like that where it's a secondhand product and see if they can bring the funniest or craziest thing or wackiest or most original thing and bring that to the White Elephant Exchange. And then what you do is you kind of have, you can either, um, you know, pick numbers to see who gets to go first and you put all the gifts in the middle and each person picks a present that way. So you're not giving it to anyone in particular, but they can be a lot of fun. Um, Just a fun way to have fun with gifts when really most of us probably don't need a lot of new things in our lives. Getting new gifts for our family is included in that. So it just makes it a little more fun and just a way to still have that gift giving celebration and conversation and fun connection without actually having to spend a ton of money. And since we are on the subject of gifts, Unless there is something that the recipient has expressly asked for, I love to give clutter-free gifts. Now, of course, if they've expressly asked for something, it's not going to be considered clutter. So you can get them whatever they want. But if it's just basically you don't know what they are what they want and you're just kind of taking a stab at it, there are so many options. But some things that are clutter-free gifts um, include things like the homemade gifts, like in the food category we mentioned earlier. You can do gourmet food items that are purchased. You can do experiences like family outings or lessons. Things like travel or future trips are great for immediate families. Um, Subscription boxes for things that they love. Uh, You can do like kid craft boxes and things like that. You can do gift cards. You can do tickets or passes to local attractions. Now, I recorded a whole episode on clutter-free gifts. So check out the show notes and I'll make sure to link it there for more ideas or for more details on this. And then, of course, there is a list of clutter-free gifts in the Simple Holiday Planner. And the final way that we simplify the holiday season in our home that I would highly encourage you try is to incorporate more gratitude. Now, Oprah has been quoted as saying, quote, be thankful for what you have, you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough, end quote. And I think that is super helpful to remember as we head into the holiday season. It is so important for us to be grateful for everything that we already possess and show appreciation and gratitude for it. This month, November, is the official month of Thanksgiving and the Simple Holiday Planner includes 30 days of gratitude and kindness. So for each day, there are ideas and ways that you can incorporate small tasks into your life. And they range from all sorts of things. So they could be donating your winter clothing and paying for a stranger's coffee to sending a card to a friend just because and sharing a charity that means something to you on social media. So as we head into the season of gift giving and gift receiving, I do think it's very important that we are grateful, like I said, for the things we own. Because If we are just bringing in more and more and more and we don't take time to appreciate it, it is like a black hole. It is empty. We will never have enough. And I know a lot of people listen to this show because they're looking to declutter. I do a lot of decluttering. So a lot of you already know this, right? You already know that we have enough stuff. You already know 
that you might be feeling overwhelmed and you don't want to have to deal with all of this stuff anymore. But when we can incorporate this gratitude and kindness in into our families and when we can experience this together, it really does help transform how our children are thinking about stuff as well and how they want to they want to start giving back and they're more grateful for the things that they own. And when you're more grateful for the things you own, you take better care of those things and they last longer and you appreciate them more and you play with them more and and it really just is a wonderful cycle. So I really encourage you to give this a shot. Um, I absolutely love if you downloaded the Simple Holiday Planner and then tried out these tasks for a, a whole month. I told you there's 30 of them, so it's pretty easy to follow along. Um, it is completely free. You can find it in the show notes. And um, I really have found that nothing makes me realize we have more than enough than when I give to others. And then that helps me appreciate what we already have. And so um, I hope that, that helps you as well. That just about wraps it up for the simple ways that you can create a no stress plan for celebrating the holiday season this year. As with my Halloween guide that came out about a month ago, you can see there are lots of ways that we can be festive, we can create beautiful memories, and we can still be mindful of how we are celebrating. It just takes a moment of reflection, setting our intentions, and then looking at things in a creative way. And with that, I now want to hear from you. Do you have any favorite traditions or ways that you keep the stress down at the holidays? Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. I would love to know, and I know that the other members in the group would love to as well. So let's share and motivate each other, okay? Don't forget, you can get your copy of the Simple Holiday Planner in the show notes or in my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 125. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 125. And as always, thank you for joining me. If you made it this far, I would be thrilled if you left me a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews make my day and it helps me know what you want to hear more of. And with that, I hope you have a fabulous day. I'll see you back here next week when I will be chatting with Susan Falter about self-care for extremely busy women. Susan's story is inspiring and the whole podcast is filled with wonderful advice, especially as we head into this busy season. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.